Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know the top 10 mobile games in the U.S. gross more than $340 million in June? Do you want your game to earn more? App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may already know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you keep track of competitors and the game market. From how many downloads they're getting and how much money they're making to their audience demographics and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. Got a great idea for a nap or a game? With app figures, you can figure out how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news. With app figures, you can see if that brought in more downloads. And that's just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, app figures has what you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. Best of all, you don't need a large budget or data science degree to do this kind of thing anymore. App figures has made it affordable and simple. On top of tools, app figures also provides a lot of guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. They just released a free guide on that, actually. Head to appfigures.com forward slash on forward slash game dev unchained to try app figures for free. Again, that's app figures, A-P-P-F-I-G-U-R-E-S dot com forward slash O-N forward slash game dev unchained to try it for free. If you like it, use our special code GDU3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and with me, a special guest who I thought I had on before but didn't, Ryan Bullock. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing all right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great to finally have you on, regardless of the fact that I thought I had you on. <laughs> but uh, this is the part of the podcast where I have our guest, which is yourself, introduce yourself to the listeners out there, who you are, where you've been, where you're at, where you're heading. Uh, let's see. So, uh, yeah, I started off and started doing 3D way back in the, probably the sorry, Quake 3, Duke Nukem 3D days and doing mods. Uh 
decided to drop out of uh, business school and go to art school. Uh, started in yeah yeah I was actually uh, I didn't know I went to university f- yeah I went to university for international business and marketing uh, and did two years there and ended up taking some art courses and was like no I'm, I'm out. That's uh, so, so opposite. <laughs> I'm sure your parents were so proud of you. Is that a four year uh, school you, program? Yeah, it was a four year. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, there, there was something I woke up one morning. I just knew like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I need to go do something. I've always been into art. Uh, so it was, uh, kind of, uh, a coming home to, I think what I should have started with in the first place. Um, but no, uh, and went to art school, uh, started working in the industry in 2005, uh, did a couple of studios, um, got starting indie triple uh, a startup um i think the my career really started taking off when i started working at sledgehammer um so that was you know starting in the last year of production on advanced warfare um and then rolling on into world war ii um and then kind of got a call from a big tech company oh one uh in the by the name of apple and they were like, hey, you know, we need someone who can do some hard surface stuff. So, All right, cool. Um, let's talk. Um, went through the whole interview process there. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm here now. So that's kind of uh, the rest of the story. I think I, I turned in my acceptance off for the day we shipped World War II. Um, that is, so is a weird direct line right there <laughs> yeah where does was, the family get into play here the wife the kids um yeah so let's see um we moved down to we moved from seattle down to bay area in 2000 end of 2013 um okay. the tail end of advanced warfare production um and so we had let's see my oldest is five my youngest was no, the oldest was eight. Yeah. Then middle child was three. And then the youngest was six months, I think, when we moved. Um, so they kind of grew up in, in California, really. That's um, most of what they remember. Um, and so it, w- it was kind of great to, to get out um, and to live somewhere new. Uh, Seattle's home. Pacific Northwest is home. But I've lived all over the U.S. Um, but it was kind of nice for the family to get out and see something different. Yeah. be somewhere different um and so we kind of just thought of it as the a big adventure um yeah. when we when we moved down there we thought we we're going to go down ship a game and then move back to seattle um wow. and ended up staying you know eight years i think down in down in bay area so uh-huh. it was uh stayed about twice as long as we wanted um and now we all miss it <laughs> You really miss it that much, though. Like, you know, I've always wondered because yeah. I've, I've grown up and been in California my whole life. And I'm always afraid that I'm so sheltered in what the outside world is like. And I could be probably enjoying it somewhere else. But, you know, because I never ventured off. But so I'm always curious for people who've been here and then going to other states. Do they feel that way, really? Or um, is it really... I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I think there's always an element of grass is greener on the other side, no matter where you go. Um, it's always going to be a list of pros and cons and you just kind of like try to align yourself with the pros that mean the most to you. And you just deal with the negatives as they come up. Um, you know, I think the, the hardest, the hardest part I think about 
being back up here is the weather. You know, it's just not something that you ever had to worry about down in California. Uh, every now and then you're like, ah, oh, God, what is this? Something's going on here. Uh, where's my blue sky? Um, so it's cloudy, but, rainy. Yeah. It's all true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, except for this past week, you know, it was close to 100 degrees up here. Um, Thank God. But no, I, I think there's there's elements of California that I absolutely miss. Um, but being up near family, um, I think right now is super important as my parents are getting older. Right. Um, you know, my, my sister lives on the other side of the country. Um, so, you know, it's nice to, to have, have one of the siblings here, uh, to help out, you know, if needed, which was ultimately kind of the big reason that we ended up moving back up to Seattle, um, towards the beginning of the pandemic. Um, no, my mom had just gone through a bout of uh, breast cancer and she was recovering and just, you know, my dad's getting old as well. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe we should scoot back up there and, uh, you know, help out with the family. Uh, yeah. As, as much the world as is ending supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it worked out, you know, we, we were able to move back up right before, you know, mortgage rates and everything kind of took off in the housing market. Yeah, so yeah, we were able to, man. we just, we caught the last train <laughs> is how, how we reference it. Yeah. Um, and now that we, you know, we're like, well, maybe we'll move back to California. And then you start looking at the interest rates again. You're like, no, <laughs> that's expensive. <laughs> wait, wait for the next pandemic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. It's the return uh, back to California pandemic. Well, I mean, I, my, my, my view of you and your career and everything you've done has always been like precision strikes. Like you were very, <laughs> you, you're a very careful speaker. You're well composed like versus other people. That's so funny. Cause I never feel like that when I talk to people. <laughs> you're so, you're so, you seem like a guy who has it all together. Most of the time when I, I'm talking to you, right. So, and I, I do want to talk a family aspect a bit. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of went through the industry with the family as well. I got married super young and basically my first job was with my wife first. And then the kids started trick trackling, uh, trickling in, in my uh, 20s, right? I basically lived my 20s like most people live their 30s, right? I feel like <laughs> that's something you can relate. And it is mm-hmm. kind of like a hidden trump card because it did make me work harder. You know, I did look at career goals more seriously than people my age um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I have to, right? You know, because I enjoy luxuries as well as not just surviving. Yes. <laughs> and uh, for that reason, I progressed pretty quickly. Uh, was that kind of similar situation to you? Or like, hey, you know, I have a plan. It's nice to have this job, but I need to think and look ahead, you know, two, three years from now as well. I can't just just like it just because of liking it. Um, um, no, I think I'm, I was probably a little different in that respect. Um, okay. I, I, I loved working in video games, right? That was like, that was my goal. Like, and once I got in, I was there. Like I was, I was happy. I was content career-wise. Um, it wasn't until um, I started working at Sledgehammer and actually started getting approached um, by other companies at times, like when I would update portfolio or whatever, and they would start paying me. Um, and it, it really wasn't until probably probably my mid thirties that I started thinking, it's like, okay, well, I've been, you know, I've been a weapons artist for 10 years now. Uh, it's starting to get a little old, you know, not going to lie. Like all the school shootings start to wear on you when you're staring at a weapon that's being used in the shooting and you see, how do you, how do you work? 
um, especially having kids, right? You know, so uh, you can relate. Um, and so that's when I kind of started thinking about, well, what, what would what would be next? What should be, you know, the, the midlife career switch? Um, and I think that's when, it's, it's about that time when uh, Apple called and, you know, started talking with them. And it's like, you know, this is... I don't think I was quite ready to leave the industry, but I think it was time. That was just my, my thing. Um, that was, uh, how I interpreted it at the time. And so, no, I didn't really have career. 2018 is when I started early 2018. Um, so I, I didn't really have career goals. I think it was more art goals and that drove the career. Um, you know, looking back, like it's always want to be, you know, it just worked out better. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just, well, and you know, my, my wife and I talk about it all the time. Like we're very, very fortunate to be in the position that we are, um, in the middle of a pandemic. And I've been very fortunate, I think, uh, my whole career, um, whether that's a bit of luck, whether that's how I've positioned myself, it wasn't a conscious positioning. Um, you know, we're, the, the end result is, you know, I've had a very uh, fortunate career. Um, and I think I've always kind of relied on the fact that, you know, you, the stability doesn't come from the company. It comes from how good you are at what you Man. do. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there, there is a focus there that um, yeah. maybe has been developed over time that was really kind of came from just being as good as I can be and just trickling out portfolio work here and there uh, just to, just to kind of be still there. Right. You know, people see the the post on our station or they see the update on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. And I think it's important uh, for people that are, you know, artists like myself and others that, you know, you can get so ingrained in a production workflow um, that there is that career management side of it that you, you do kind of need to, to work on and kind of need to nurture. Um, doesn't have to be all the time. doesn't have to be every week you're uploading something new. It doesn't have to be crazy hours after work. Um, but it does, uh, I think there's a huge benefit for it, uh, to, to constantly just kind of trickle your stuff out there on occasion. Well, it definitely, uh, you're a testament to that. Um, <laughs> it's working out like, uh, yeah, I guess so far. <laughs> well, did you did you feel at any point your business background is kicking in at this age, at this later part of your career? Um, like some of that is somehow helping you because you do you are a little bit better than I would say peers, right? At our, uh, well, you, you, uh, I, I, I I will say I this. I will say this. I will say this. All right, I'll paint you. I'll okay. paint you what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> So I, I always relate to the Great Migration, right? Around 2018, 2015, 2016, when these tech companies were growing a gaming sector, right? And uh, at, it was at that point a lot of AAA devs were not knowing about this blossoming industry and only a few took the leap and kind of paved the way to now I think it's more regular to have friends at Facebook, at Google and, and, and Apple and such, right? Yeah. That wasn't a thing. Uh, 
five years ago, right? So I think you were, yeah, you were one of the first that I knew in my circles that was like making that move and uh, a move that I didn't know was possible, right? It's like, hey, we could do our thing somewhere else, more stable and bigger. So that's why I kind of credit you to like, well, you know, even if it seems accidental, but like, I feel like, uh, you know, you made an evaluation at that point and you're like, hey, I think this is where we're kind of going. You know, this is where it's more stable. And, yeah. you, know, you know, I guess in that context, yeah, like I kind of was one of their early adopters, uh, early-ish adopters. I, I remember, you know, when when I worked at Sledgehammer, I was very distinctly looking at other industries um, just to kind of keep up to date. Um, I knew, you know, AR, VR was a big one, simulations. Um uh god uh, maybe yeah it's, there, there, there's everything right? yeah. there's everything and i think it i think with me like i i used to freelance for um a company that did forensic animation oh. um, and i think that was my first kind of non-game introduction uh to to like wow i've got this amazing skill set and now it can be used somewhere else yeah um you know and then for that you know there was freelance where uh, I was working with this guy up in Canada who would uh, 3D print jewelry from video games. Um, so I went through and created rings and necklaces and stuff for from Skyrim and all these other big games and send them over the files. And he would he would print them out and sell them on Etsy and other other channels. Um, and that was probably around 2015, 2016 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess you know in those kind of early days, yeah. I, Freelance was the way for me to explore those other industries and kind of see uh, kind of what was out there um, and kind of pad the portfolio a little bit with, you know, non, non-weapon work, <laughs> I guess, you know, don't want to pigeonhole myself too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, the whole movement to tech is, uh, is interesting. Um, it, there's, I never would have thought, you know, when I started my career 15, 20 years ago, that being in 3D would have led here. Um, and in no way did my brain, I figured, you know, if I was, you know, making video games and making, you know, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year, I'd be happy for the rest of my life, um, which is way off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a crazy journey. Um, and I, I think that, you know, comes back to what I said earlier is like just, investing yourself and being good at what you do is your greatest stability because the jobs are going to come and go um, and the industries are going to come and go. Um, and so it's just about kind of keeping up and keeping your eye out there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't mind kind of walking through that first day, right? You don't have to describe the cafeteria or anything, but like, yeah. you know, it, it's a big shift. I mean, you know, over at Sledgehammer, it was a pretty good studio, but mm-hmm. it's no like riot or you know these mega studios but it was a good right. uh typical high triple a studio so yeah. going from there into somewhere like apple where it's like its own campus um yeah. what was that what was the feeling do you feel pretty confident i mean i would assume that there's a lot of talented people on your team but yeah, come on i mean right you're uh, probably one of the best ones <laughs> in this first no. group of people no no, no. Right. oh man, no. Give um, me this picture. I, I think one of the things that really attracted me to moving to tech um, was the caliber of people, and that was the same thing that uh, uh, made the decision for me to go to Sledgehammer. 
it was the caliber of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the team that was, you know, is assembled here that I work for the work is, um, intimidatingly good <laughs> um, to the point where it's like you, you don't know if you're going to be talking with someone who has a PhD in neuroscience or oh, worked yeah. at you know NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory right. or whatever right um, so that first day I think um, it was very eye-opening um, going from video games to tech it was uh, much more corporate um, and I think the, the thing that actually really struck me was the First of all, the amount of people you know you go through employee orientation, and at that point they're having like three hundred people every day go through new employee orientation, and that was for all of Apple. It wasn't just for our org, um, but just the variety and diversity of people um, that they that they employ. Um, I think I've I've interacted with more you know diverse population in the first week. Uh, at Apple than I had in you know 15 years in games, um, so I think that was the biggest thing that stood out to me was it felt more like a kind of like a college campus. You know, it's just all walks of life, um, and everyone you know that you interact with is absolutely like one of the best of what they do. Uh, that being said, I didn't work at the big campus. We were in a satellite campus um, a couple miles away. Um, so I didn't get like that huge big campus experience where you walk into, you, you know, I, <laughs> you yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I had like security access, um, yeah. you know, it was just our little kind of building. Yeah. Um, but you know, to see that team grow, um, is pretty, pretty awesome. It was, it was Do you pretty kind of sh- estimate like when you first came in to now, like how big your team, your organization uh, is that like, not it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, th- I, th- I think we're, we're bordering that. Um, I will say that I was one of the early ones, um, and it has grown tremendously at that time. Okay. Um, I think the, the org had only been around maybe a year, year and a half before I joined. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a huge team now. Yeah, it's it's funny because it is around that time where, you know, VR, Oculus was starting to do their things more seriously. Uh, Google, hence no more, uh, did not. Yeah. You know, that's when they had their Stadia team, right? Yeah. Uh, everybody was kind of doing something um, because, you know. Uh, with video games, what's what drives more engagement than video games, right? And that's the main thing with all these companies. It's about engagement. Yep. Uh, even Tesla, right? Uh, yeah. We have a lot of good friends over there right now that are doing their own gaming sector. Yeah, I got ghosted by Tesla, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they reached out to me to do an interview, and I went and I chatted with the recruiter, and he's like, yeah, okay, we'll set up a call with the project manager guy. And sure enough, like, showed up for the call, and no one showed up. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, yeah. my gosh. They never yeah, got back so, to you there? Never got back to me, which that's fine. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll gladly dodge that bullet. Yeah, I think Toga's over there. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he uh, he was out of startup for a while, I think, right? And then he's yeah. over there. Yeah, been there a couple years now. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. he left again, right? Well, anyways. Um, <laughs> well, we. The, 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 I think that was the beginning of the year. Like I said, a lot of our friends, including yourself, that I knew, that were, were were spreading into those areas and. Um, through the exploration of like, I noticed the same thing, right? I never gone into tech. I think 
after Sledge, I went to mobile a little bit, right? To mm-hmm. see what that world was about. And I feel if anything, mobile is kind of like the in-between of a AAA and a tech company, not as big as tech companies, right. bigger than AAA and a mixture of that. What you're saying, like data scientists, analytical, like, <laughs> and like the game sector, the game team is like this much smaller, right? It's like this small. And then everybody else is like, what do you do? It's like, do you know how to make, what? I, I make I make sure that you get paid. I was like, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, all right. All right. Well, we'll set up a weekly sync. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, keep talking. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, it opened my eyes on you know is this video games evolving like as a business as a structure because mobile, if anything, is very disciplined. They're yeah. Looking at day to day profits only, right? There's no promise of like this might be a great game. It's like this is a great game. We'll iterate it and maximize the profit and next year you'll be fine right and so at first my biggest thing was the pressure of AAA development was completely off right it was all about culture it was all about coming with ideas that work and figuring it out there was no green light meetings that you have to right. constantly worry about so that that yeah. was nice and yeah. i was starting to understand I was like ah, i can see why people who's been around in the industry for a while might find this pretty relieving, uh, especially with the family. It's, it just feels, it just feels more of a safer space. to grow, Yeah. Oh, right? totally. Totally. Um, yeah. It, it, I, can, I imagine it was uh, kind of similar feeling to you, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, I think that, that transition, I mean, working on Call of Duty, as you know, I mean, there's a ton of scrutiny, right? I mean, you're, your trailer or whatever is going to be up on an 80 foot plasma screen in front of thousands of people. And it's going to be poured over by digital foundry on YouTube and everything's going to be analyzed. Right. So especially working on weapons, like it's front and center right there. Right. Like it's not good. It's not super. It's, isolated. You know, there, there are times where like, I, I would see like normal map errors, you know, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like how did that get approved or how did that, you know, but you know, it's, it's like, you know, 0.001% of the population is going to see that one specific area in that one area. You know, gamers aren't going to care. Um, and yeah, there was that sense of, okay, so this definitely feels um, a little more relaxed. Yeah. Um, it feels more supportive um, yeah. with, in, in regards to like career growth um, and how you are as a person. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's Apple specific or it's tech because I've heard horror stories from other companies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least where I'm at, 
Um, I feel like I've got support in the career goals that I want to hit, mm-hmm. um, which is totally new to me. Um, you know, my, my manager asks me some very pointed questions sometimes. And my only answer is like, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> and, you know, so I think, um, I think moving to that tech or maybe just outside of, of video games, um, there is the element of stability and that element of uh, maturity. Uh, I think that that comes with ultimately leaving what is kind of an immature industry. And I don't mean immature in like, I mean like age-wise, right? The video games industry hasn't been around for a long time. Um, Whereas, you know, you go to these other companies that, you know, know, the managers are, you know, they've had 20, 30, 40-year-old or 40-year-long careers. You know, it's it's been honed over time. Um, But that being said, like, that stress is definitely there. And I think that stress is 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 worse than working games um because there's so much at stake uh you know whether it's whether it's a function of the the increased salary and compensation that if you mess up that could possibly go away yeah whereas you know if i got fired from sledgehammer uh, okay you know i mean i would i would suck because that was a really really fun job um but the pay is video game pay. Yeah. It's not nearly what you would get outside of video games. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a function of also you know, me being older and actually needing to look at retirement in a more like considered way. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, like I am actually going to have to pay for myself when I, <laughs> when I can no longer work. Like I was, God, ah, this is weird thinking about this. Like, why do I need to think about this? Carry that old fart. Yeah. There, right. Uh, so I think there's definitely like, there's not so much like stress to perform at an artistic level. I think there's, there's stress to not like, not, not make a career ending decision. <laughs> I think it's, you know, is this a big one? It's, 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 uh, it's very true. I, I think, you know, in the late twenties, early thirties, when I started to consider more of what, comes after right uh in a more serious manner because when you like i I got an industry pretty young i always was kind of like the young guy at every Mm -hmm. position i was in until i wasn't anymore and that got really real really quick i was like whoa (laughs) yeah yeah. he's like like, damn (laughs) this is your first game all right (laughs) yeah it's it's funny that you bring that up because all of a sudden like I've always, I have, I think my natural inclination is to always assume that the person that I'm talking to or the people that I work with are older and know more than I do. Yeah. Like that's just a, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just natural. But all of a sudden, like I'm in a position here where people come to me for answers. Yeah. And it's like, wait, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. And then, you know, you start to see the gray hairs pop in and you start to sprinkle out and all of a sudden you're like, no, I am the older person on the team now. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, it, it hits you like a punch in the face, right? And almost I, overnight. Yeah. Yeah, almost overnight. Yeah. You know, we were playing basketball at Sledge, right? And I was the young guy at one point, and then I wasn't near the, you know, the after fans there too. And now, when I play uh, in in regular pickup games, it's like I'm 
go, what are the older guys now? <laughs> and, oh, my, and, yes. and it's just yeah. painful to accept, but it is the way it is. But it is something I notice immediately when I look around at a AAA studio at a company and I was like, where are all the old guys, right? They're, uh-huh. These guys are not that much older than I am. And so it really is intimidating because there's not a, a person who kind of uh, ha- has gone through, you know, that career growth and planning and, and showed basically the blueprint of this is how you can retire at a game company. Right. I was looking around, I was like, I don't think it's been done yet. And at best it's experimental right now. And it, yeah. it does scare me because it's like, you know, we were in the cycle of punch of layoffs or job security issues. And, yeah. you know, there's only, certain amount of companies that in the Bay area, LA, right. And you have to live around these super expensive places. And that of course eats into your long term growth and everything. Right. And it was a real crisis and a certain someone wouldn't raise the pay grade (laughs) to to make sense for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, basically it felt very out of control. And I think if any, like especially that group that we i would say graduated from sledgehammer right yeah are doing very well <laughs> yeah. because i oh, think yeah. they face a similar crisis right they're like oh i yeah. can't stay here forever no there's right oh, i love it here but i can't stay yeah here. and that, that's that's where i'm with it like i love it there but it's hard living and at a certain point when like i brought got brought into to sledgehammer i only made i think like ten thousand dollars more a year than what i was making up here in seattle I know. And so, but you're looking at like a 30, 40%, you know, cost of living increase. And this is, you know, 10 years ago. So it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a little different now, like the cost of living between the two areas, but no, um, you know, I think for the majority of the time that, you know, we were in, in that time that, that advanced warfare to world war two ship, I mean, unless you're making 120, 130,000 a year, like you're paying to work there. You know, and you, you see your savings exactly. go down just to, just a little bit. And then you get the bonus check from Advanced Warfare and it kind of comes back up. And then it kind of is down and three months later, you get your bonus check. Uh, and you, you, you really are like, you know, I'm, to work there. That's exactly yeah. how it felt, right? Because and I that's exactly what it was. Yeah, well, exactly what it was. Because, you know, World War II, we were <laughs> doing R.D. I only I was there for a year before I left, right? For the World War II part of the game. And we were doing R&D and I was tasked to making trenches, right? This is when we were trying to figure out. And I'm like digging these trenches uh, in 3D. And I remember at that point I was living in a one bedroom apartment, right? With with the young kid, right? And we were basically yeah. making the living room into a studio bedroom. Right? Like just because I wanted yeah. to live close to work. I, I, I just yeah. absolutely wanted to live next to work. I didn't want to commute. I hated commuting. And that was mm-hmm. a sacrifice we made just to live within three miles of work, right? Yeah. I was looking at that. I was making the trenches like, you know, I feel like this is kind of <laughs> There's, this is This is metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> to me right, right now, I'm yeah. like digging my own trench. And it, was, and it was a real big realization moment for me where yeah. my brain did turn off. And, you know, I love Tolga. He's probably one of the best uh, director of production or whatever that I ever had. 
And I, I kind of always look back and I kind of felt bad because I know he was trying his best to kind of motivate because he, I think he was getting a sense of what everybody was feeling at that point, because mm-hmm. at that point we were getting our life changing bonuses and such and uh, <laughs> got a little depressed about it. And uh, he was sitting there with my yearly reviews, right? And this is the first time where I did not even care and tried. But in a very nice way, he was asking me, like, you know, what's your five, 10 year plan? It's like, are we even going to be around five years? You know, what's your five years? <laughs> what's the steel's five year plan, right? Uh, just bluntly putting it out there because that's how I felt. Because, you know, like he said, the every company after, I felt like there was always some type of, uh, you work here, but, you know, let's get your life in order after working here, you know, mm-hmm. get your retirement going, here's some company stocks, here's some like things that I've never even heard of before it slid, right? Um, but I didn't feel that at a typical AAA studio uh, up to that point, right? Right. Uh, and like many others made a career change, just exploring like what options are there. Yeah. And uh, I think, thankfully, I, I, I love the fact that as game developers, we have so many choices now and the tech company oh, being like yeah. a great avenue, not just tech. Like, you know, I hear people in automotive industries now, like every type of industry they can think of. Animation, people are doing it straight out of Unreal now. You know, there's so many yeah. applications there's, for what we do. It's it's amazing. And it's it's absolutely blown up just in the past like seven or eight years. I mean, who would have thought that when I was working with, you know, Unreal 3, and I mean I started with Unreal 2X, right? So long, long time ago. I kind of skipped UDK. I don't really use UDK all that much. But I would have never thought that this would be used as a, like a virtual production tool in film. Nope, nope. I mean, that that's like the craziest thing. It is so, so cool that they have this tech that it's like my skills are directly applicable to, you know? And I think, I, I, I think because of so many avenues and those non-game industry avenues are fairly well-paying, if... If not well paying, then their average pay that's not below pay like you get in video games, that that has forced the industry to kind of look at itself among all these other things that are going on with diversity and inclusion and, you know, the stuff that's going on with Blizzard and all these other big companies. Um, the video game has, the, the video game industry has to get competitive with, yeah. with compensation or you're going to see what started, you know, four or five years ago with people just leaving because they're growing up, you know? Um, and so it's amazing to think that, you know, our skill sets are, can go to those, those industries. And it's, it, I think it's great for the video game industry because it kind of forces, it's a, it's a forcing function, you know, it's, it's going it to force function. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to force games to do something to better the lives of the people that create these awesome experiences for others. In in both ways, the employer side, but employee, like um, we have friends that are still working on games, on great games. Um, but I, I think as of late, you probably see it in the last year or two, like these guys have been in the machine for a while and uh, they work on the biggest games, you know, Last of Us, all, all these dream games that everybody would love. But like they hit the pinnacle like of these games. Uh, of, of game making, right? It's like, this is what 
This is fine. It's AAA. This is it. Once you get one of that out of your system, all right, what do you do? All right, let's, I guess, do another one. And they get kind of lost. Yeah. Uh, I do have a lot of friends that are like searching, soul searching right now a bit. It's like, well, I've done one of those games before. It's like, do I keep making another one until I die? Yeah. You know, I, it I think, uh, you know, I think I went through the same thing with, with Call of Duty. It was like, okay, yeah, there are other games I can go to, you know, other studios or continue working here. I mean, for, for what it is like, Call of Duty is great if you're a weapons artist, right? I mean, it, it's, there's, it's top 10%, top 5%, um, at least in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, at a certain point you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of getting bored. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, feeling something different and, you know, I don't want to go to, you know, a, you know, my 50th birthday or whatever saying, you know, I'm, I'm a weapons artist, you know, like I know it I'm is working on Call of Duty for 15 and it's, <laughs> it's not that, it's not that I'm ashamed or anything like that or embarrassed by it. I mean, one of the great things about working on that franchise is, you know, you put your shirt on, you go out to the store and. You know, it's pretty common that people ask about it, <laughs> you know, God, man, did you work on that? You, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, but at a certain point, you just kind of start wondering, like, well, maybe, maybe there's something more I could be doing. Maybe there's, uh, you know, other skills that I could develop or something. There's other itches that, you know, are coming up that I need to scratch. And I think that's probably ultimately like the reason why I left. Um, it was just... I think it was just time. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I did. <laughs> it's, I think things kind of quickly fell apart. I mean, the Arco was my lead, right. And he was probably one of the, one of the best leads that I'd had in games. And I think, uh, if they, I think if I would have stuck around and then watched him leave, I probably would have just left as well. I mean, they say people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Right. Um, and I think that would have been my case if I would have stayed another six or seven months. Yeah, I, I think I got out around this the, the right time as well. Uh, I was really, I I talk about this on the pod a lot, but um, it was a real turning point for me uh, on a personal level, but career wise, because that was the first game. Advanced Warfare was the first game in my career where I didn't even until this day open up the wrapper. Right, every game I ever made, yeah. I open up the wrapper, I play it from beginning to end, day one. Uh, but I think we had like a little small one of those GameStop meet the developer kind of events, right? It was mm-hmm. kind of impromptu. And I remember standing there and I just didn't have that excitement, you know, of, yeah. of, of what I was expecting, right? And I really was questioning what I was doing if I didn't yeah. feel that anymore. And I didn't, it really hit me in a way where I was very surprised and shocked. And, uh, there was a lot, there was a, a good few months after thinking about what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's yeah. two ways of like, of coming out with that, right? Is you got to face it yourself and then you got to tell your wife, right? And it's like, Hey, I mm. think, you know, I got to change things up. You got to do things like, like, what do you mean? Change things up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you want stability, but <laughs> I know, right? No, yeah. It, cop, that, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go low. Like, uh, my, my dad always used to say that 
my, my dad worked in hospitality for like 35 years, right? Same company, his whole career. And he always said that he wanted to go mow lawns at a cemetery so he didn't have to talk to anyone anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, yeah, I, th- I think you get to a certain age and I mean, I'm, I'm 41, right? So you get in that midlife crisis time um, in full force and you start to think like, you know, did I, did I make the right decisions? Did I, you know, th- this is where I've, I've staked my future. This is, I've staked my time on this planet doing this. Um, and you start to think like, well, maybe there's something more, maybe there's something I could be doing else to, to give back more than just entertainment to, to, I mean, which is a huge thing, especially with the pandemic, like this entertainment has that they kept a lot of people from, you know, going into a really, really dark place. Um, so I'm not trying to underestimate her, um, lessen the importance of entertainment and escapes, um, especially in this, in this world. Um, but I, I always felt like it was important for me to give back, um, it, with my, with my skill set, And so, I, you know, that's when I started mentoring a lot more and that was kind of like that initial exploration to, you know, what else can I do? But I think, you know, with, with sledgehammer and I think with games in general, like it's can be so restrictive in what you can do outside of, of, of the job yeah. that, that really like, is really just like a, a really demoralizing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, more it's than like just in the contract. It's like, you cannot even think about <laughs> yeah. doing anything else <laughs> right. contractually. Right. I remember I'm a lot more open to it now to tie and talk about my, my horror story, but, um, you know, I was starting to teach, you know, while working, at a game studio that we both worked at, right? Mm-hmm. Two together right there. And then, <laughs> and I was teaching on the side and, you know, it was just on the weekends, completely out of work hours, didn't even interfere with it, right? And then, uh, and I was avoid, I was avoiding like just telling, because it, it didn't mix, right? There was no reason for yeah. me to even talk about it at work. Uh, then a, a friend like mentioned to me at work, he's like, hey, you should, there's the whole process. You just do it and they get it approved just so that, you know, cover your butt, nothing crazy. Uh, I just did it. It's fine. I was like, all right, I'll just do it, I guess. Big mistake, right? As soon as I did that, I got, a, I got an email saying like, hey, uh, and then call, got called in the office. I was like, hey, we, we, we saw your request. We're concerned because, you know, this is our, our shipping year at the end of the year. You know, we're afraid that you might not have enough time to do this in the weekend. Right. I was like, if I don't have time to myself in the weekend, then we have a bigger issue to talk we about. We have bigger issues here. <laughs> we're talking yep. about four hours of teaching here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. on my Saturday, right? <laughs> like these are this is my time. Yeah. And I got so upset and probably began my my inner uh <laughs> inner hate <laughs> for all yeah. things AAA because it was it was at that moment where you were hearing a lot of your friends can't freelance. Uh even yeah. to this day, a lot of these bigger companies, you can't freelance, you can't do anything, you can't even do personal art. Like it's gotten that restricted. It's gotten that bad. Yeah, it's gotten yep. that bad. Which personal art before I thought it was like personal research, you know, it's a plus for you guys, right? But not even to this day. Now you can't publish thing anything on ArtStation. Think about tweeting <laughs> yeah. that, right? Without getting it approved by us first, because it's my personal stuff. So th- these th- this old uh, sadistic method of basically enslaving. I mean, this is the reason yeah. why we called the podcast Game Dev Unchained, is because it felt like we were being chained to the death. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> I, well, this is the point I'm making. Yeah. Right? I feel like I I love the fact that there's a lot of avenues now here, and I I feel like the veterans, if probably a big body of veterans have been migrating to different tech industry to different industries, tech, automotive, uh, movies, whatever. Because I feel like the game industry overall is a young company, a uh, young industry, and it is probably best for younger folks. Like the, the demands that it is asking for is basically if you're single, young, and able to work long hours, uh, that is kind of what's encouraged still uh, yeah. for promotion and salary raises and as an yeah, example. I yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's. I don't, I don't know. Now that I think about it, you know, I, I, I'm I'm an eternal optimist. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm an eternal optimist, right? So I always yeah. try to look and see that you know things are getting better. Yeah. But I think it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, I think conditions have gotten better, but as the industry grows, it becomes more focused on the profit. Yeah. And that you know that's a that's an inverse you know, downward pressure, I think on the, the, the improvements that may or may not have been made over the past 10 years. Yeah, we're talking um, about more sequels, more, more IP. this safe things, like not taking the risks. And I think, you know, as you get older, like you, you can't take those risks, you know, like even, even, even like where I'm at now, like I would love to go, there's a handful of studios I would love to go work for. Yeah. But you know, like there's just that, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to only have been through one layoff. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's like, I've been fortunate to be able to only go through one layoff in my career. And it's like, I'm always just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like something's going to happen. Like I have to be prepared for it. I have to like, you know, you know, it's funny. Like I, I, this is the longest, um, at Apple, this is the longest I've ever been in one place and I'm coming up on five years. Which Damn. is which is like just a normal amount of years. Which is, which is a normal <laughs> amount of years. Like yeah. that that was always the crazy thing about video games is you know, I I'm I'm sure the the break-even points in the graph has changed, but you, if you were in games for five years, like you were a senior. Like yeah. you you could you because there was such there was such a drop-off between four and five years because people would burn out and they'd go do something else. And so there was a huge pay jump at the five year mark. And, you know, that pay jump, you know, may or may not be good depending on the company that you're at. But the problem is now you have a whole bunch of people that really don't, they're really, really good at what they do. They're great individual contributors, but they're not managers. Yeah. And you see, you know, seniors getting promoted to management or leads getting promoted to management. And then that just kind of starts the spiral of, well, you don't have the experience being a manager, but you do have the experience being a contributor and that can cause problems at higher levels. And then you go on these, these horrible like cycles of layoffs after shipping a game where all that accumulated knowledge and all that experience that was made as a team shipping this product gets lost. And so these companies higher up get experience and then they throw away the experience that they invested in. Yeah. It's like, what's the point of you know, investing, buying stock in a company in three years and then, oh, okay, well, I'm going to throw it away and 
buy that stock again. Yeah. Like, I, I, just hold on to it. Like, hold on to the people that are making the game for you. It's, I know, it's, I know. I, yeah, um, it's something that I brought up and talk about all the time um, in this podcast. Like, a few years ago, I was seeing the, this exodus of a lot of mm-hmm. talented people that, you know, for, for better or for worse understand uh their value right yeah Yeah. and where i felt it was a huge loss because you want experienced guys who've gone through a triple a cycle because you can learn from their mistakes and they can help guide the younger generation it's never good to have this imbalance of young talent and no veterans uh to help guiding them right it's it's the always having those two in a room will always be better for your company for your bottom line etc cetera, etc cetera, right oh, yeah but like because of short-sightedness these companies kind of push a lot of older folks out just by the structure just mm-hmm. by discur well encouraging five-year people to do yeah. such things right when they're not right. ready clearly not ready uh but they're managing and if, if, if there was ever a love letter and maybe i'll do the kobe thing i do a love letter to the game industry at some point <laughs> and it's the same thing it, it i love the game industry because i love the people i've met it's, mm-hmm. it's still the coolest groups of people that totally. are like absolutely friends, yeah that absolutely love talking to that are very similar in personality and everyone just clicks well right because our yeah. passion is games and games taught us basically how to be a person right yeah. growing up but the number one thing i do also hate are the are the people as well it's like yeah. the managers <laughs> that i've yeah. had in my career pissed me so much off it, it, it made me leave places yeah. that i like right it made me move yeah. on and it made me hate my day-to-day i was a very negative person in in a certain part of my career uh believe it or not right i, I know yeah. it's hard to manage <laughs> i know it's like this is the side of you <laughs> <laughs> i come home you know it's just like you know venting it's like oh this mm-hmm. happened i can't believe that happened and it was annoying me right and i'm the yeah. one saying it and I didn't like the person I was becoming because, you know, negativity only attracts negativity, right? Right. And, yeah. But how can you not, how can you ask someone to be good at their job and not be passionate about it, right? For us to be good and going through the grind and, you know, put in the stupid hours, right? In yeah. my little apartment, right? <laughs> you basically have to love it. And yeah. I, we hear this too, right? A lot of, tech guys you know we still love the game industry it's just right now it's yep. not stable for us to come back right. right right and that's the only problem that's preventing us that and these middle managers and let's face it, <laughs> yeah. a lot of producers right Lying. until until the majority of producers yeah. prove me wrong i'm just gonna like blanket statement like producers I, I, i've had some amazing uh producers here at my current job um i mean when push comes to shove you're you're there to to ship something to. right and so you have to and so it's usually those like so for for a game dev cycle right it's two and a half years of everything's fine or two years of everything's fine but when it really comes to pushing then that's when it's like oh it's real the mask this is, is real this is yeah the mask comes off and that's, like, that's hey that's, remember donut fridays no more mm-hmm. donuts we're just pausing it for a while <laughs> it's like, uh, it's the, like, the fridge is a little empty these days what's going on <laughs> yeah exactly right? yeah god yeah when 
I worked at Sony online when they went through layoffs and I remember starting to see the signs like three or four months in advance. You're just like, Oh, this is kind of weird. All right. Um, Ooh, uh, okay. This person left. And I think that going through those layoffs oh, is probably yeah. one of the best experiences because thereafter you can always tell, you can see, you can see it coming. Um, so I went from Sony to euphoria, which was a startup and I was there for like two and a half years. And I saw the signs like, straight away like five months out and i just so happened to get approached by sledgehammer and start working at sledgehammer and that startup went under uh, like two months after i left and even up until the point where they shut down no one thought anything was wrong like close the studio down it's like 15 20 people no severance no like yeah right well what there was there was no there was no like last paycheck like everything's like done like your benefits are cut off next week no severance nothing yeah and i was like oh man i'm glad like i didn't go through that you know and then the same thing with leaving sledgehammer yeah, like it, it's it kind of like crumbled a little bit you know after yeah, and we World meet War these II. folks right who's been through uh, not just one but a serial amount of layoffs right just like yeah. <laughs> i know oh god yeah it's it's rough it's, it's it like is so rough that they carry with them right and yeah. uh it's hard not to be jaded after so much rejection uh in, in their career and uh you know i can't help but look at those guys and be like i don't want to be that person where i'm caught with my pants down yeah. right you, you want to yeah, have some yeah. kind of control obviously over mm-hmm. your own life but also more importantly your career right your career kind of defines yeah. your life in a lot of ways and uh I would say, yeah, some things have improved in the game industry, but it's more of the same. I, if, the, if anything, yeah. the pandemic um, kind of exposed a lot of the issues. Yes. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And we are dealing with it, but I don't know it would be completely solved, com- you know, no. where it would be attractive for any of us to keep keep going back there and wanting some more right like we're, we're right. seeing a lot of no. people leaving for smaller companies smaller mm-hmm. finance companies right they're like not indie but they're like fully financed but there's 10 of us and we're going to change the culture it's going to be different yeah. more diverse <laughs> right this is something i always yeah. tease about and eh, but the characters are all the same people that caused the problem right. in the last company right so right it's like, Hopefully it works out, but I'm very pessimistic. It'll it'll have to be, you know, not not like showing my age or anything, but I think it's going to be a 15, 20 year, you know, timeline for any sort of like permanent or lasting change. And I think it's the this new generation that are coming into this world, being surrounded by, you know, the mutual respect for the people that you work for. You know, the whole like Me Too movement. Um, diversity inclusion movement i think once the the younger generation that has grown up with that sort of respect for other people yeah when they start getting to that higher level in the games industry that that mid that senior that lead i think that's when you'll start seeing lasting change you know so i don't think it's going to be anything within five or ten years i think it's going to be that next generation that comes in and redefines what they did because they grew up with it you know it's like like you and i like we didn't grow up with phones like with cell phones like it was kind of like oh someone's got a cell phone all right cool i'm gonna go dig a hole in my backyard for the next five hours because i don't have anything else to do yeah. you know and then you see kids now like the phones are their lives that's just their yeah. 
it's the norm for them. And I, I think, you know, for, for the older folks, that sense of maybe not, maybe respect's not the right word, but just that inclusion isn't, isn't the norm for them or maybe, maybe it is, but industry-wide it's, it's not, um, or at least they try, yeah. but it's, it's like, um, okay. A good analogy is like someone who's a native speaker versus someone who's taught, yeah. right? Like the kids these days, they speak that language natively because they grew up in it and that will force permanent change in the industry. I think. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> I hope too, man, because I think, uh, I think overall it's going to end up with a better product. I mean, oh, there of course. Are, I hate it when people kind of say there's 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 a method to the madness of crunching people and aggressive deadlines and pushing people to the limit and creative. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not worth it, right? Because you burn yeah. out a lot of people, and like I said before, once you do one of these big games you want those same people to be motivated to make the next big game right and return mm-hmm. and do those things and i'm just not seeing that i don't know if the pandemic really pushed people to their limits but i'm seeing a lot of on my linkedin a lot of people who's been at like blizzard or mm-hmm. riot for 20 plus times are, yeah. are leaving right it's like whoa yeah. at this time when inflation is up what is going yeah. on like these are if anything <laughs> yeah. before you know pre-tech right before you you your group of people like <laughs> you know people who are there for 20 years at these super established companies were kind of like the ogs of that's mm-hmm. that's that's the path of retirement like stay at these big companies you're safe you're golden i mean they're base they're being handed yeah. swords at blizzard right for yeah. every yeah, 10 year for- commemorations right so they're literally given <laughs> they know that place inside and out and now hey, they're and i've noticed the same thing over the past two years for so sure I'm, yeah it's it's something i i don't have a handle on what's really going on but my sense is the people are questioning basically kind of like going through a midlife crisis a game game dev crisis right mm-hmm. now and yeah. um unfortunately i the places i see they're going they're going to is like mm, that's a bad move man <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah I've, I've noticed that as well like yeah, i wouldn't do that right now i just just stay story. put just stay put. Yeah, <laughs> just so so like frantic about like i need to do something and yeah. hopefully it works out but my 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 I mean, overall, they might be safe, but like, I, I see a lot of like updates in the next. There's, year like, I, I think there's a lot of desperation moves being made right now. Yeah, um, where people just feel like they need to to change, and some people are gonna make a good decision on that change, and some people aren't. You know, but my my hunch, my instinct is just to stay put. You know, the things are gonna. This one out, the, yeah. the economy is. Be is, thankful you have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This it, is not yeah, the time I mean, to, to pick. Risk. This is not the time to make big change. I mean, if if you're young, you you know you can take that risk. But you know, people with family, it's like, nope, I'm gonna park here for a little while. I let the storm blow overhead, and then you know, <laughs> later on down the line, we'll see. What, what, we'll see what the storm brought in. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's uh, that. I I completely agree. Like, even like. Well, Apple, you guys are doing fine. I was sending you an article. You guys are yeah, one of yeah. two people are doing just fine. Basically, yeah. you guys bought benefit through the pandemic and are keeping all the profits. Yeah. And all every other company right now, like Meta, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of friends over at Facebook. Kind of like yeah. really. Yeah, I just got 
So one of them just reached out yesterday. He'd yeah. only been there a couple of months and it was I like, know. Hey, I was like, what do you oh, got going God, on? I'm not sure. It's like, what do you think? Yeah. Of course, dude. Have you seen what, what are you guys <laughs> been making lately? <laughs> Is any of right. that interesting to you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, you know, there's the whole financial aspect of getting, you know, uh, kind of hired over at a place like that because they dangle a lot of money at you. Oh yeah. Um, but it's like, you have to, divorce yourself from the finances and be like, is this something that's sustainable long-term? Look at the product itself, you know, right. it's, it's something right. that you would buy. It, that right. still matters. And I feel like even then where I think a year and a half ago, I was like, yeah, you gotta go into tech. You gotta go tech. It's like right now it's like, mm, just hold on unless it's Apple, yeah. just hold on. <laughs> yeah. Don't take any crazy risks. Everyone is uncertain right now. You know? Well, and especially with, with tech, like the, I think the average, career span at a tech company is like just under two years oh. you know so if you look at it like through that lens you're like okay maybe i could do something good in two years but do i really want to be in this position in two years again yeah. you know uh, maybe you get a good sign on bonus but <laughs> might not right? might not be worth it so well it is uh relieving to kind of hear you're doing well overall yeah, absolutely. i think everybody kind of who went through this crisis I, I i always tell people it's good to go through a layoff because i the people i've met who went through a layoff do think differently about mm -hmm. their career choices and just how overall they show up to work with a different attitude it's like oh, i'm just thankful yeah. i have this but not resting on the laurels either right like, and that thing that's i think that's the important part i've always tried to always view myself as a freelancer working on site you know, I bring, I'm a business that I bring to a company, you know, that business is how I conduct myself, the businesses, the results that I bring, the businesses have the people I can coordinate together. And I think if you, if you're not, if you don't think of yourself as just as someone who comes into this artwork and leaves, but you think of yourself as a business, then you start to cultivate that around you. Like, um, you know, and you start to, it forced you to rely on yourself for these things. And so, yeah, like that going through a layoff, it definitely forced that within myself. Say, okay, well, this can end at any time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to conduct myself accordingly and I'm not going to get too chained or too like, you know, in on it. Um, yeah. I'm not going to rest. And that's, yeah. I think that's the key, especially for artists when it's everything's so visual. I mean, you could spend four years working at a company and it goes under and there's nothing on your portfolio to show for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're. That's the best advice that I've heard for people in this trying time to just show up to work. You're a consultant, right? Mm -hmm. The company is on your borrowed time. You give them a solid good eight hours a day, mm -hmm. no more, no less. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. be fair about it. <laughs> and then uh, you leave because that that's just the industry still um don't like when i see people like get geared up with all the swags like oh he's sucked yeah. in yeah, <laughs> i mean i, I mean I, mean, I, I guess i can't yeah. you know, on that side it's true typical students yeah. yeah it's true like you I, th I think there's there's a there's a oh god how do, how do i put this experience I think especially my experience tells me that you just don't get too close to work. Yeah. You know, you can, you can find the relationships that work with the people you work with, but it's not everything. And I think that's always the hardest part to learn because you enter into this industry as a passion work, 
as you know, thing that you would love to do. And I think that's always kind of the hardest thing about it is to over time of working in the games industry, like you, you learn to distance it uh, from yourself, um, especially going through a layoff. Like, okay, I can't get too excited about this. And it, this, I need to conduct myself as, as a business. Like it's much more of a job um, than you would ever imagine. Um, you know, it always sounds like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in a room with a bunch of bunch of people and make fun games. But, you know, it's a job <laughs> and treat it as such. It's not everything. Yeah, that's oh. that's so true. If you, uh, <laughs> it's nihilistic. Don't think of it as nihilistic, yeah. but like it's like, um, yeah, you know, if you if you if you expect disappointment, you won't get disappointed, right? Don't think it like yeah. that. But it's a little. It's a little yeah, more positive and realistic. It, it is an exchange yeah. in services, right? Mm-hmm. You pay you for your skill set. You give them the, that skill set, but you know, you go home and you're your own separate person. And yeah. uh, maybe, like you said, 15, 20 years down the line, when here, here's the best promise and version of the game industry that I've seen that is still part of games, but not really. It's the mobile market. It's when I was working at a mobile company in SF, it was my preview of like, oh, this is where the game, this is what game companies could be, right? Um, still yeah. making games uh, for 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 uh, an, an audience of the gaming sector, which is weird, right? Because mobile players and AAA players never really cross as much. Now it's yeah. different. You see, Fortnite, it's a little different, but yeah, Warzone, yeah. but you know they're still kind of separate uh but like it was a preview of a company within the studio uh within the industry where i felt like hey this is how we should conduct business i mean um it was cool because you know it felt like we show up to work and i'm pretty sure you guys have this there's always like some kind of activity going on you know culture is a big thing and they're always trying to do things to kind of keep you happy they're talking about diversity yeah. they're talking about how to make things better and then oh yeah we make games too it's like all right when you start making games don't worry about it you know don't think about it as uh, i have to get this done right now it's more like let's make it as best we can there is like this luxury of time as long as you're mm-hmm. profitable right the big asterisk at the end take time <laughs> because we're still making yeah. money right take time make the next next dlc awesome right um, but it gave me a lot of hope and for whatever reason, and maybe EA is doing this because they're doing microtransactions, but even then yeah. when they're doing microtransaction, it's not the same yeah. atmosphere. Right. And I think a lot of it has right. to do with the majority of the mobile companies, at least the one I worked at, but like I talked to other friends that mm-hmm. were in the mobile company aren't game developers they're, or at least didn't yeah. come up in the traditional game development scene right. they came from college right. they came from other industries and when we talk about like oh this is my experience in AAA, it's like what the fuck is wrong with you guys <laughs> it's like yeah i had <laughs> a manager that? that was trying to stab me in the back and was whispering all these things to my other manager <laughs> and was preventing me it's like what i thought you guys make games what is game of thrones what's going on and i was like interesting horrific. Yeah, I've, I've worked with some mobile developers at past companies, but I've never worked for mobile. Um, but mobile, I pr- kind of pertain it to that's probably how it's like at tech companies because they're very different. Yeah. And, you know, right out of college, they're expecting 401k company stocks. Mm-hmm. Isn't that 
the norm? If you're not working yeah. there for these perks, why are you working there? She's like, that's a good question. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, damn. You know. I wasn't going to be reflective today, but now you forced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's not for paycheck to paycheck. She's like, why would you? Do- didn't you go to college, bro? <laughs> like, aren't you trying to like make your life better? <laughs> right. Didn't get yeah. out of debt to go back into debt, right? While working. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. It's but you know it was refreshing to kind of see yeah. a mixture of realities. Uh, What's more, I think I was in a bubble for a while. Not yes, knowing. and I, th- I think that's a the bubble is a perfect word for it. Like you get out of it, and you're like, oh, this, this actually is a little bit more comfortable out here. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right. I, I guess I'll you know I'll still do the artwork and I'll still like pay attention to the industry. But yeah, I, I like this. This is good. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have a quarter in, in, in Apple where you're all these AAA guys are, are coming into your company for the first time. They have all like these PTSD jitters. <laughs> like, hey, no, calm down. It's okay. They coffee I, from our cafeteria. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. You know, no one's no it, one's clocking me. <laughs> it's funny because we, I, I work probably with more film folks. Yeah. Um, and film, film industry is, is even, is, is us, even yeah. crazier. Yeah, because they they're like on like three month contract and six month contract, and they're like going all over the world because they they don't know where they're going to end up. Um, and so yeah, when, work weeks is kind of the norm. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And so hearing their stories is like okay. Now, I think I prefer games like it's the same same sides of, you know two little, sides of the same coin. Yeah, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, well, I don't know if evolved. It's just different <laughs> branches in the sludge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but no, the, no, it's uh, it's been eye opening to watch those folks come in. And yeah, just and kinda, that's why oh. uh, it's hard not to be pessimistic about the game industry. And you, I hope you're right. Even when you say 15, 20 years, I'm I'm hoping that's the case because there's mm-hmm. hope in that. But because of how our close cousin, the movie industry, have been so successful, right? They're I remember working at Digital Main for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. And and this effects guy was parking right in the front with his freaking Ferrari. And I was like, who's yeah. that guy? Walking in like he's a rock star. You see, he's just a nerd behind a computer. What's going on here? <laughs> What's here? Don't, don't even talk to him, right? You can't talk to him. He's, he talks to the director Spielberg and he consults. You know, he's the guy when yeah. the directors come to, right? So, yeah. right, come on. Come on. You're a nerd behind a computer. You're a few yes. away from me. Let's calm down. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's that's the respect. In terms of respect, movies has it where games are starting to, but not – I don't think we'll ever get – quite to the same level of like movie people right right and they're still living contract to contract and being shipped around yeah yeah that's a little sobering i guess when you put it that way yeah it hasn't improved at all since i've seen it happening and i hope games don't become that way where no where we can improve from where we are i I hope so too um yeah the the games industry is always gonna be my first love you know, and so I was. I, I hope for the best for it. Yeah, I think there's. It, it brings together like so many awesome people, like you said earlier. Like it's like it's fun. Out of, funnest group. Yeah, I mean, if you galvanize so many relationships by the crappy things you have to go through, <laughs> and maybe that's it. You know, it's kind of like a little boot camp in a way. Together. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. But I mean, there are awesome people, and I hope that it continues to get awesome people in that. You know, those awesome people turn out to be awesome managers and awesome hey. founders and awesome, you know, directors. Here's the hopeful diversion. I think when things get a little better and tech people get a little more bored, 
but it becomes <laughs> stable enough or at least somewhat almost attractive enough where some tech people bring some of that culture over and it's like, hey, this is how it's kind of done outside of the mm-hmm. global and things need to change. I see that maybe yes. happening down the line to kind of help push for change because, yeah, like you said, it's like a lot of people are stuck in the matrix right now and it really does take people <laughs> outside yeah. the matrix to come in to kind of change things up. Yep. To, yeah, so absolutely. You have to accept living in a closet, bro, you know, lending a hand. You can- you know, you, you can live outside something. this closet yeah. and earn a nice living. <laughs> you can, you can. And they just, you know, if you enter back in the industry, bring it back with you, bring that mindset back. Like things could happen. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's a trip. It's a trip. And I'm looking forward to seeing your journey, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Likewise. Uh, killing it in the tech world. We are hitting that hour mark. And I want to thank yeah. you for coming on and spending time with me. I know you're a busy man. Uh, this is the point where a lot of good people want to kind of find out where you are uh, in terms of portfolio, <laughs> right? In terms of how to connect uh, with you, all this stuff. Yeah. So anything that you feel like you want to share to the good people out there, uh, the mic is yours. Uh, yeah. So portfolio um, is all on our station. I gave up the personal website 10 years ago. Um, so you can find me on our station. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Ryan Bullock. Can you find it? Um you know, I, I love hearing from people who have questions about the industry. I still mentor a little bit on the side. So if you're a individual who, you know, prefers more direct interaction, uh, just uh, my email, you know, ryanesbullock at gmail.com. You know, send me thoughts, questions, anything. I'll be happy to answer as soon as I can. I'm not much on Twitter or anything else. So that's, that's going to be it as far as the socials go for me. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'm the same. Cool. Too. I hate talking yeah uh, surprisingly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i'm on it but not uh, not enough to it's a lot of be on it (laughs) yeah cool uh, man i appreciate you having me this is this is a lot of fun talking shop don't get enough of the video game you know shop talk yeah it's it's uh it's trading war stories man it's it's what i miss the most (laughs) yeah cool well thanks again for having me and uh look forward to seeing uh, what you do with your time here it seems like you're always off doing stuff so i'm I'm a busy bee i guess busy bee too distracted hopefully not Uh, too distracted (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys thanks for listening i'll see you guys next week